Welcome to our podcast, girl. We, we go, go to, to Islam. Islam. So our topic that we're gonna be talking about today in is, this episode. In this episode is women before Islam. And there's three hi- things that we wanna really highlight. So the first is we wanna discuss about the Jahiliya era. This is the pagan society before Islam was introduced or the Quran came down. And the second point that we wanna highlight on is. Um, when women were granted rights yes. under the Quran. When women were granted rights under the Quran. And the third is fast forward to modern day society. Mm-hmm. So those are points. And let's get started. Let's Grab get started. your shy. Let's get started for our first episode of this podcast. Okay. So first first point. Jahiliya era. So Jahiliya, when I'm saying Jahiliya, I'm referring to the era before Islam was introduced and before the Quran was released. So Jahiliya means the era of ignorance. It's referred to the era of ignorance due to the ignorance that was in the society. Because you got to remember, this was a pagan society. So Islam wasn't yet introduced mm-hmm. during this time. So it was very so, pagan. Yeah. Very, very pagan. So people were not knowledgeable. Um, there was many things that took place during that era. So women didn't have any rights, economically, financially, politically. They they had no rights. Yes. And they had no right of inheritance or um, they, yeah. they couldn't own like, property. Basically, women had very little control over their lives. That's right. Including their marriages. So they had no choice in choosing their spouse or, t- or like their so dowry. That's, yeah, that's the first point we're going to make mm-hmm. yeah. about, about how they, um, what rights they had. So also, they barely had any rights. They, barely, they were even treated as human. They, yeah, we they really we they really didn't think they were human to really begin with, like because they weren't considered equal mm-hmm. to men at that time. Yes, they there was considered. there was an issue of superiority and inferiority. Mm-hmm. So men during that society were seen as a superior being, mm-hmm. and women spiritually and um just yeah. basically in general yeah. in general, and then women were very inferior to these men. That's right. Um. So they never were viewed as being valuable. They even, there was, I don't know where I heard this before, but they said that, um, like, men used to really be like, oh, are their souls are as valuable to ours, or are we more valuable? Right? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they didn't think they were even, like, equal to them. They were seen as They weren't so seen or treated as human beings. They had no human mm-hmm. rights. No respect. No, no dignity. No human rights. And so. no honor yeah. at all. And this is where it brings us to the next point, which is female infanticide. So, female infanticide is the bearing mm-hmm. of daughters. And this is mentioned in the Quran also in Surah Al-Nahl, <clears throat> verse 58. It says, And when one of them is informed of the birth of the female, his face becomes dark and he is suppressed with grief. So, that really gives you an outlook on that society before Islam was introduced. And that's why it's known as the Jahiliya era because they were so ignorant to the point they, to they had to really yeah they had to really bury their newborn daughters alive. And you might be wondering like why like what's the reason? There's because two reasons. living in a society here mm-hmm. like you wouldn't you know you it wouldn't make sense to you. But the two reasons is the first is fear of humiliation, mm-hmm. and the second is fear of poverty and an economic burden. So the fear of poverty so. 
they really, you know, daughters were seen as a liability. So that's why poverty was such a, it was very, hmm, I'm trying to say that poverty was like the thing back then. Everyone was living in poverty. Yeah, it was, but they felt as though having a female in the family is a, a liability. Child, it's it's gonna a liability, yes. which can cause an economic burden mm-hmm. on the family, on their well-being. Just poverty. They, the, they were seeing that the, the, the daughters are going to bring poverty mm-hmm. and a whole, um, what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason, like she said, like Lena said, the fear of poverty and economic burden. So they were the, the because this is why because the daughters were seen as a liability and people like the, the families didn't think that they would uh, be able to provide for them or really make a living for them at that time because they thought she would put them into a burden or get anything from them exactly no benefit mm-hmm. and um, there's a surah in the Quran that goes like and will provide for for him from where he does he does not expect. And whoever relies upon Allah, then he is the sufficient for him. Indeed, Allah will accom- accomplish his purpose. Allah has already set for everything a decree extent. In this so, verse, you mm-hmm. can see that, that Allah is the, the most sufficient. Allah yes. is the, pro- the, the best provider. So and, before Islam mm-hmm. was in, acknowledged, before it was introduced, not acknowledged, before it was yeah. introduced, they... Um, you know, female infanticide. It was very common. It was very common because they didn't they didn't think it would be they would be sufficient enough to yes, or to capable provide enough to provide for them. Or raise them. Or raise them. So, yeah. And the second point is um they would be ashamed for it. Mm-hmm. So a daughter was seen as a shame to society. Yes. Um so if you had and that's why she didn't have human or mm-hmm. civil rights. Yeah, there was no civil or human rights. But that's also because uh the son was viewed as the valuable being as someone who brings honor to the family, whereas the female yeah. the the daughter really they don't bring dignity. They they brought shame and humiliation. To the families instead of honor and that's why the prophet peace be upon him and the mm-hmm. quran forbid this act it's of yes it's it's haram if you mean friends said it's haram okay so the next point we want to get at for the jahiliya era is marriage consent was never sought mm-hmm. so, so during the jahiliya era marriage was not really a they didn't need the approval yeah it's not i mean consent was never sought mm-hmm. That's the reason why there was things like pol- polygamy during that time. Yeah, it was limited to four wives. Yeah. And that was because, because they during had that time, during that time, men were able to marry how many they want, divorce how many they want. It wasn't. It really, wasn't even like they didn't even really see a purpose. They in didn't marriage. see marriage just, as they were, a. They just had a lot of wives, a lot of, a lot of girls. You know what I'm saying? They would even um, during that time, Jahli era in Iran, men would actually they would have a. A permanent marriage, and within that permanent marriage, they would have temporary marriages. Mm, yeah. So there was literally no respect when it came to marriage or any anything there like that. There was no respect because they were because they were seen as objects. They yeah. weren't really seen as just like human being. They weren't really respected or honored. So that is why, for men to get into marriages and stuff like that, that is why Allah put men as the providers. And protectors of women. 
So that is why they were limited to four wives because during the pagan society, obviously, they used to practice a lot of um, polygamy and it wasn't like just four. It would be a like 10, 20. There's no limit at there all. No There's no limit. There's nothing to limit them to, to you know, to break it down. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is why. So during the Jahiliya era, since women, um, their consent was never sought or thought of or needed for a mm-hmm. marriage. It would be between the marriages during that time would take place between the men and the woman's family, mm-hmm. which is her father. Yeah. You know, so it would have it would have nothing to really do with her until the marriage itself. You yes, know, it's because she didn't have it was a consent, only one a one sided an approval. Yeah, it was basically one sided consent. Mm-hmm. So women had no say in choosing their spouse. Or in taking position. Or even in divorce. They oh, yeah. don't have any choice in no, divorce Yeah, also. no rights in choosing their spouse. I mean, you see this today in forced marriages. Yeah. Which is kind of, when you think about it, forced marriages really, um, since it's like cultural, it's not Islamic. Yeah. It's not, it really takes us back to that era, the mm-hmm. era of ignorance. So you can see how that relates to now and then. Yes, that's right. Which is very upsetting. Mm-hmm. So... So we said how these women were really treated as objects. They were not respected. They were not dignified. They were not honored. They had no rights, absolutely no human or civil rights at all. Mm-hmm. Zero rights That's right. at all. They had no say in society over um, like political issues or you know social issues. No, None of that at absolutely all. Absolutely not. They did not have um, those rights. <clears throat> so now this brings us to the, our next Second point. point. So mm-hmm. now women are granted rights under the Quran. Yeah, so Islam was introduced and the status of women was improved substantially. So now Islam brought a new idea that men and women were both equal in worship and spirituality God. in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. So no one's superior. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's um, really judged by their, their, um, their outcomes. Yeah. Really, men and women are now seen equal in the eyes of God. Through worship and spirituality. And not no only that, yeah. they had their economical rights, they had their social rights and their educational rights, their legal rights, their political rights, and as we said, the spiritual rights. Yes. And they had none of those before. None of these mm-hmm. were even acknowledged or even seen. That's right. And now when the Is- when Islam came about, when the Quran was introduced and stuff like that, um, women are now seen or really re- like represented as a dignified human yeah. Islam really came to dignify, empower, and That's spiritual rights. Yes, of course, empower and really dignify and honor women in society. That they are not a burden. Daughters are not a burden. They do not bring shame to the family. And female infanticide is haram, and that needs to stop. Yes. And like yeah. she, Lena stated, all of these rights were now granted under the Quran, where so, yeah. society could never have acknowledged these rights, mm-hmm. but have never. never seen that they there was a need for them. So let's talk about educational rights. So now women are obligated and deserving of education. Just as men are deserving, they yeah. are just as deserving as well. And the first verse of the Quran when it was sent down was read. It wasn't pray. It wasn't fast. It wasn't co- it wasn't cover. It was to read. And um, the Quran really encouraged women to be an important part of society. Islam considered pursuing education as a monumentous act of worship. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like an obligation for every male and female to, to read, themselves. read, read, educate yourself, be knowledgeable. And with your education, you could pay back to society. 
you're benefiting out of it. It's yeah. almost it's act of worship. It's an obligation. Yeah. Not because you're a male, you're more deserving of education than if you were a female and you're less deserving of it. No, no. Mm-hmm. God said education is an obligation and it's for both male and female. Yeah. And not only did Islam empower women to play an active role in education, but it also encouraged women to vote and to participate um, politically. Political and social issues. Yes. Um, voting, so the, their voting rights were now established. Um, political rights, all of these rights were now given. And they right. had societal responsibilities yes. also. Yes, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. They have like their own social rights. Um, occur- they can... They own their own career. rights when it comes yes. to money and all that. They have their own rights. Yes. And yeah, many men do acknowledge that women have their own, um, they have their right for, you know, to pursue their own education, mm-hmm. to have their own money, to work for themselves, because they always want to be the... Taking care, which is right. Which is right, right. but Islam also gives women their... Proper, own- rights of property yeah. and, and rights of inheritance, mm-hmm. um, where... You know, now your women are able to own property. They're not, they're not the property no more. They're not the object. Men can't. You know what I'm saying? They were yeah. pursuing them as the object, as the property. Yeah. They were bought and sold as property. Whereas now Islam is, you know, introduced, mm-hmm. and um, women are now seen as more qualified. They're qualified to own property, to have inheritance law. Mm-hmm. Just as men are able to do Some the same. Some don't acknowledge that. Of course. Again, with, with culture. And that's why we're speaking. <laughs> yeah. Culture will always come through, but yes. not the right way. Yep. Also, you're, when you're getting married, you do not need to take your last name. You don't need... You, you don't need to take the man's ha- last name. Yes, you don't take And there's a reason name. for that in Islam. That's because you're, you're not, not property. You're not owned property. by him. You are your own person. Mm-hmm. You are your father's daughter. You exactly. have the choice of changing your last name, but you're not... You don't have mm-hmm. to. You're not forced to, Islamically. Or yes, and this brings me to my next point, which is um, the validation of a marriage. So Islamic Sharia, it decreed that... <laughs> There's so much to say about this. I know. <laughs> so Islamic like Sharia law, in order to get your nikah valid, um, you need the approval and consent, of which is a prerequisite. Sides. Both sides, especially women. Especially women because they're forced into these a lot of the times. And but now, that's the funny mm-hmm. thing about um, marriages now. So, like, when we speak of forced marriages. So, a forced marriage, since one, one side is not, you know, mm-hmm. they don't. It's not replicated. Yeah. Because only, it's only usually, okay, I'm not speaking, we're not going to speak from culture too much. But we're, what we're saying is that there's a lot of forced marriages that do come around. Yeah, we don't want to speak like about that. culture a lot. But yeah. like, we got to see it as it is. Okay. It's reality. There's forced marriages, right? Mm-hmm. So we have um, them signing the NICA contract, all that. Yeah. And it's not even validated because the lady didn't really say yes. Exactly. So it's not validated. What does that make? That makes the marriage not validated. That makes the... And the whole relationship is not validated. The, even the if intimacy, it's, it's not even validated. Exactly. Having... It's not... The whole marriage is invalidated. And why is that? Because both sides didn't agree to it from the beginning. Yes, but also women also settle for that. Where you have a voice. That's right. You have a voice. You... You are, you know, you even settling is basically you agreeing. It's you a non-verbal, non-verbal agreement, but it's it's there. It's there, and that's why we made this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So Islamic Sharia, like I said, it's a prerequisite. Um, a consent. The both sides, the man and the and the girl, they both need consent and approval for the marriage to be valid. So that's the prerequisite. All right. So that's how a marriage is valid, and this is this brings more freedom and rights through the females because right. now they have a right to divorce and they have a right to marriage also islam gave the right to call for a divorce like i said so we spoke about social rights like voting they had the voting educational rights we, we spoke about the marriages and divorce um keeping their last name and playing an active role in society so this is why you like you have the right to political participation and to vote. Historically, Muslim women were provided several political and social, um, societal responsibilities and even held legislative debates with the Prophet, peace be upon him, mm -hmm. himself. One of many examples of this is the woman named Shifa bint Abdullah, who held the position at a market's financial controller in a male-dominated career. And also, we can give another example of a businesswoman, the most role models of the uh, uh, women f that are seen as a role model in Islam. Khadija. So she was a businesswoman. You know? So this really shows what Islam, mm -hmm. it really, um, it really focused on and what it encouraged women to be yes. able to do. So, in which in the Jahiliya era, they were never able to. And, but this is the point. This brings us to the next point, which is a fast forward to modern society. Modern day society. We're living in a society where we're in the 21st century. This is 2020. So, yes. So now... 2020 and uh -huh. some things have not changed. Sadly. Yes. Um, so you want to speak of, of what's not changed? Or do you want to talk about how we're viewed stereotypes? Let's, let's look at the views first. So, Western <laughs> view on a Muslim woman. Repressed. Oppressed suppressed have no rights mm -hmm. um let's when did when did um western world give women the right the 18th century uh-oh 18th <laughs> century well when were we given way before islam was introduced centuries ago. and centuries ago that's right whereas westerns america and they Europe, weren't even given the right to vote yeah. until when they had to fight for that. I think. They had to fight for that. And they're still fighting for, you know, feminism and active, you know, yes, things yes, like that. But, like, that. really back then they had no rights whatsoever. So America now, never even viewed them. They also viewed them as objects, to be honest. And, yeah. you know. Westerns view Muslim women as oppressed. And the sad part about this is, is that some actually feel that way. Mm -hmm. You realize that. Yeah. Some, there are women that actually feel that way. Not... Not that they feel oppressed, but they feel like they can't speak. Yeah. They're, and I understand that culturally, I understand that you have a barrier. Mm -hmm. You have a yeah. barrier on your speech and your view. Your view on, and the internet and all that. You can't really put yourself out there. Yes. But at the same time... We're not time, telling you put yourself out there. No, no. We're just acknowledging the rights that you have under Islam. And yeah. that's a really like culture yeah, you put gotta, that barrier on you. At the same you. time, we, like, you, we understand culturally what you're yeah. able and unable to do. But you gotta understand Islamically what you are able and unable to do. That exactly. you can put your voice out there. You can participate politically, socially, and educationally-wise. Yeah, yeah you're, there's no such thing as... 
there's no such thing as mm. oppressed mm-hmm. when it comes to Muslim women. We were given our we're rights speaking, way before Western yes, women. Yes, we were, were given way before Western women where America, Europe, all of these um, countries weren't really granting them the rights until the 18th century. So which really gives you a view like, you know, that, that took a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And for them to really see us as oppressed, as um, these suppressed human beings that were really, um, you know, were put so much barriers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're seeing, like, almost... Mm, I don't want to relate it to Jahiliya because I don't think we're that ignorant, but there is still an ignorance there. There is ignorance, but it's not as bad as uh, it's the like, oh, It's Definitely like women... But when yeah. you see it now, when you see modern-day um, Muslims now, Muslim women specifically, I mean Muslim men too, but mm-hmm. when you see it now, they're not really, um, they're not taking the rights Islam gave them, they're not really taking it into... Consideration? Yeah, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I get you. But you that's know? because of They culture. think that's because of culture. And I don't want to make this topic all about culture, but really yeah, it does play a role so into this. Because Islamically speaking, you have so many rights that sometimes we're almost That you need to consider and you need to um, take action, really. Mm-hmm. Voice your opinion. Like, it's not haram to say what you feel. Being an important part of society is very um, important as well in Islam. So, Why listen, shouldn't you? What I want to say is, which is very important, is... Yes, back in the days in this pagan society where Jahiliya was an active thing in society back then, very, very harsh ignorance. I feel like some things have not changed. Even now, when we have Islam that liberated us, empowered us as women, and dignified us, and, and dig- us. yes, such high status in Islam. Women are such higher than men, even higher than men. That's like Jannah is placed under the the mother's um, feet. Mm-hmm. And like the Prophet Sallallahu says, um, I don't want to quote the hadith exactly, but the idea was that um, if fathers were able to take care of their daughters in a very, um, you know, Islamic way, um, a very nice upbringing, mm-hmm. that in Jannah he's seen um, very close to the Prophet Sallallahu and he pointed to his um, two fingers being so close together. Mm-hmm. That's the closeness you'll have. Um, in Jannah, next to the Prophet, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. if you're treating your daughters equally and, you know, having a very Islamic, rightful yes. upbringing. Okay, I want to speak more of modern day society right now, Muslim mm-hmm. women. So, we do have a lot of Muslim women doing amazing things. Amazing things. But amazing we need things. more. We need more. That's not enough. There, I mean, you can't, you can't even blame them because you, you feel as if you don't have a voice. You can't speak on things mm. because you're... You're then again, woman. there's a barrier. You gotta remember that barrier. That culture barrier really mm-hmm. does play a big role. It's like they conceal all the greatness there is in Muslim women. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. We're, Muslim women are very great. but it's Very like, strong. Very Yes. Very, like, there's a lot of amazing uh, Muslim women around. But it's just that media, like, doesn't cover a lot of things. And again, it comes back to their willing... Li- Willingness, ignorance. And I gotta say something. So there's mm-hmm. many uh, Muslim women, Muslim girls that talk about how they're not represented in the media. Um, we're Yemeni, so we understand that 100%. We're never even represented, we're not represented in the Arab world. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and not... Um, Do something not, about it. 
not do something about it. I'm not gonna just sit and be like, oh wow, we're we're, not, not we're never represented in the media. We're such okay. Do something mm-hmm. about it then. If you have an issue with m- women not being represented in the media, do something represent, about it. Represent, represent in the most Islamic way. There's there's no shame into doing that at all. Like we need to see more women, Muslim women scientists, That's more all we need to see in society. entrepreneurs, more. You know what I'm saying? Like more. Yeah. Participate in society. Mm-hmm. It's an act it's of worship. You your rights. Exactly. But sometimes, that's the sad part. Mm-hmm. Even though we were given all of these rights, sometimes... They're not seen in culture. They're that's not what I was trying to say earlier. Uh, how Jahiliya still sometimes incorporated with Islam. It reflects the society somehow. It still does reflect, which is so sad. We're in the 21st century. That was way, way, way back centuries ago. I mean, and it's like some things are still here that are very ignorant that haven't left society. And that is the culture, which is a very big problem. And I'm not saying like just being Yemeni. I'm saying in general, in general. Every there's a lot of things that are viewed. There are so many. There's a lot of things that Islam like liberated women Use it as rights, but culture. Yes. It, it de- it's like almost that culture is degrading these rights and literally concealing them, which isn't. Which is not great at all. It's not. But that's our really point here. That our point here it. is Islamic mostly. Mm-hmm. And really the words of people are not are not that valuable. That's why there's me. that saying, that cultural the ugliest saying I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. What is it? The um what are people gonna say? What are people gonna say? How about instead of saying ah. stuff like that, why don't you say like what does well, does this please? Does this please? Does this God? please Allah? Does this please God? Does, does you? Does you? Am I benefiting from this? Am I? Yeah. Does you participate in politically? What is it? Does it please God? Does me being a big part of society? Does it me please getting God? this degree? Me, um, not contributing about, to society, helping the Muslim community. I mean, when you think about it, as a Muslim woman, you have the. You, you have a right obligation. Not, not just the right. You have an obliga- obligation to do big in your society and to represent. You are the face of Islam. You're and the you ambassador. You're walking down the street. And we're living in America, guys. Like, come on. Okay? We're living in this in the Western society. We're not even in the Arab society, okay? Not everybody walk- watching this is from America, but like... You get the point. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm saying like... But most of us are like in the Western world. We are the face of Islam. We're the ambassadors of Islam. The way we carry ourselves, the way we represent ourselves, with the hijab and without the hijab. Carry yourself as Islam portrays you, not as yes, the media portrays not, you. Not as the media. And the media is also a We're whole misconception. So many misconceptions that are there. So many stereotypes. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's our point there, really. But we wanna, we wanted to focus mostly on Islam because... There's so many rights we were given, and some are not even acknowledged to this day, which is very sad. Many are not. But we're not here gonna just hold, have a pity party about how culture not. is not great or whatever. We're not saying culture isn't great. It just has its disadvantages. Just like it has its advantages. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like it has its advantages, there's disadvantages as well. Yeah. And um, I guess being Yemeni, it gives us more of a strong outlook opinion towards, that. towards it. Opinion, yeah. Just because we're not represented as much as other Muslims. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But wh- why is that? Why why are we? Because, again, misconceptions, misunderstanding. And cultural. Culture. You know, girls are affected by cultural views, so they don't want to... 
go out there and represent, represent themselves. But it's still, whether you want to or not, you have a purpose in life. You are the face of Islam. Like, honey, you know, <laughs> don't be embarrassed about <laughs> No, no, you know it's not saying? that. It's not, it's not even that. You gotta carry yourself in a very carry honorable yourself. manner. Just like Islam and the Quran really mm-hmm. puts your status so high. Don't, don't sh- degrade yourself don't, like don't. that. Don't degrade yourself. You're capable of so much. So much. Oh, my God. But, yeah, we have so many rights. I just, to this day, I do feel like where society plays a role in concealing these. When you think about it, you know, the media says we're, we're oppressed by Islam. By all the truth is, we're kind of suppressed by our, by culture. That's the barrier right there. Okay, this is a really good topic for next time. I know. No, we have we're not going to focus on culture. Yeah, we're, but we're really, we want to, let's, let's give a whole rundown of... All the things that we spoke about in the so, podcast. So, first thing we talked about, Jahliya era. Mm-hmm. How women were treated, their roles in society. Which abused, was all of that. Abused. Alright. And then we talked about how women were granted rights under the Quran. So when Islam was introduced, gave women equal to men spiritually and worship. Uh, in worship and education rights and political rights. And being a big part of society. Mm-hmm. Then... We talked about modern day society. So we talked about what we see now. Right now, yeah. And how, how it relates, a barrier. how it reflects. Yeah. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. We actually really <laughs> liked it. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, we just got a little too opinionated about I the know, culture. We did get a little opinionated. We're going to keep it that for next uh, time. It's a very emotional subject. Yeah, because... It's a different... There's so many opinions on that. Yeah. But we hope you guys enjoyed it. And, yeah. Um... Give us topics, recommend us topics we should talk about, give us your opinions, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. want to see what you guys think about what we have to say, and if it relates to you. And also let us know if you would like to actually, um... Be a guest yeah, on our feature. podcast. Yeah. On our We're podcast. looking for guests. You know, for we want to hear stories, experiences, mm-hmm. or even have a discussion with us. Just be friends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, if you are interested in becoming a guest with us on here, we would really love that. We want to... Bring more women on here and really talk and have a whole discussion and just something nice. Mm-hmm. So right. thank you for enjoying our podcast, girl. girl we we go, go to Islam. Islam. Let's go. <laughs> we'll see you guys in our next. Salam.